welcome to And It's Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 730 Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com. That's one word, no spaces. I'm Avery Ames, writer of adult fantasy. And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, today we've got a little bit more of a serious topic. Um, We are going to discuss what it is like to write darker or more triggering content and kind of how we feel about content warnings and writing material like that. I guess our opening thoughts would be how do you feel about including this content in stories, which we both kind of know how we feel, but can explain for the viewers. I'm a writer. I think anything is allowed in a book. There are some things that probably don't do so well in books anymore because of we've all grown as a civilization of human beings and, you know, they're not as widely appreciated or necessarily like good uh, to be read at the moment. But I do think as a as a somebody who appreciates the recording of all walks of history that it's not something I'd go burning books for, you know, like this. It's important to remember where yeah. we came from and look at what we're doing. And I, I do think I do. Ha- I have really appreciated even in uh, media recently, people adding things like blackface and stuff to content warnings, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that it is, it should be considered vulgar as for content warnings being on books. I have yet to wrap my head around how that would work and what it would look like. I like the idea of like maybe doing some kind of color coding on a book, but I don't, I'm kind of weird feeling about like someone putting on the back of a book, like, uh, there's rape in this. Cause like, you know, that's, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I've always enjoyed sort of letting the story happen before me, but also I understand people who might not want to run into that. I can share how I did it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. In Cambiari, it kind of happened after I published it. I realized there are a few content warnings in it. It's not super dark, but there are a few instances of things that could be triggering. So in future printings of the book, uh, there's a note for content warnings, visit the website. And on the website, there is a page that says content warnings that you can access. I like that. I like that. So for people who don't want to see it, they they don't have to look, they don't get spoiled for anything. But for people who know that they've got certain triggers and may want content warnings, they can easily go to the website, access the list of content warnings. I like that because it lets you be yourself. You know, like if you are the kind of person who wants to look at content warnings, you have that option. If you're the kind of person who's like, no, I'm going to let myself get beat the hell up and then I'm going <laughs> to learn from it. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to feel stronger or like whatever the hell it is that makes you want to, you know, read stuff that's maybe not like pure. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I'm the kind of person who's just like, yeah, I want to be slapped in the face. Like <laughs> I am just masochistic. Like I want to be, I want this book to just do terrible things to my feelings, you know, like, and, and I don't want to be warned. I, I want that Pulitzer prize winning book to just really make me feel sad. And that way it lets, I like the idea of a website because it lets the people who might want to access that access it and nobody else has to deal with it if they don't want to. Yeah. That, that sounds great. Because I'll admit I'm kind of a little bit on the other side where there are very specific triggers that if I know they're coming in a book, I'm fine. I can read them. But if I don't know they're coming and I hit them, it can wreck my day. Like I can just have like a complete episode. Yeah. So just being able to have that warning and go, okay, this is coming up. I'm fine as soon as, as long as I'm emotionally prepared. So I think leaving it in the hands of the reader to either let them know where it's at or not 
helps because yeah you, you have different readers who need different levels of warning and it will affect their enjoyment of the book one way or the other um yeah. because i have had books that have sideswiped me with something that i was not expecting especially if the book and this is something we might get into with the promises mm-hmm. yeah didn't seem like the kind of book that would have something dark or triggering and then all yeah. of a sudden it happens i'm like whoa i was not in this headspace today yeah that 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 was going to be the big thing that i talk about when you're writing the dark content you have to prepare your reader for that. Like, even if the reader has no triggers, you know, like even if the reader thinks that they're just, you know, nothing can make them sad. You need to set your book up to be a world for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. So like you, you can't have a style that seems whimsical and happy and then put something terrible in it. Like that's going to really screw that, that makes Usually no sense. There is some some of the R word that takes place in Outlander, the Outlander series, for instance. That book is written in a way where you start to read it and you're like, I feel like this could happen. Also, you start to notice that the character might, they, they might have triggers of their own. And you say, this character's getting triggered by something. And that might be something that I'm faced with later on. Um, you're supposed to tell your readers and let your readers sort of see in the text that some some of this stuff might be possible. Yeah. Yeah. The one that actually that I felt completely surprised by, I'm not going to mention the author or the book, but it was a YA novel. It started out very casual contemporary YA. There were some like speculative elements, but it was very like happy-go-lucky YA. And then all of a sudden there was a very brutal, violent description on page of an animal death. And I just was like, I was not prepared for that at all from the rest of the text. And so it can be very upsetting and i was just like right i don't want to read the rest of this book and i put it down and never came back to it right but like in contrast to that you pick up where the red fern grows or yeah. shiloh or something like those they prepare like you it's not everything is happy on the page but you can feel it like the author has yeah. planted little seeds of things in there that tell you hey this is gonna happen mm-hmm. <laughs> you're reading a dog book <laughs> dogs do have short lifespans yeah so you know just be ready for that. Uh, as, as someone who used to read a lot of horse books, um, yeah, that can be that happens in books. And yeah, as long as it fits the story and the reader can kind of get a feel that this could happen, then it's very different than it feeling out of place. Um, and that's with any sort of dark content because mm-hmm. both of us have written some stuff that is darker. And I think I think we can't completely shy away from the dark content. Because there is a lot of kind of general vibe now. A lot of times you see stuff on like book Twitter or whatever, where it's like, this is bad because it discusses something that isn't good. And I'm like, well, that's sometimes we have to discuss those things. They happen and they exist. Mm -hmm. Yes. And a lot of times, even people who have those triggers, when they're in the right headspace, use that literature to, to process and yeah. as a coping mechanism, because that actually is is my case as well um, with some material. I agree. And, and th- on that note, there there is something magical about writing, you know, darker or possibly triggering content and that that you can use it as a means of educating other people as mm-hmm. well, um, which brings me to my next thing. If you were going to write about something that you have kind of no experience with, first of all, be careful because you are bound for a road that may not be good for you. You can really, really hurt people. You can be offensive if you write about a character who might have a trauma 
or a mental condition. Yeah, or somebody who's like in some way neurodiverse um, that is not that's not a condition or a type of neurodiversity that you share. Um, right. You got to be careful. You can definitely. Yeah. Um, you have to do either you can shy away from it or you can do a shitload of research like and and really do your research. You can you can't just go to Wiki and start reading about this stuff like I'm talking about. You need to do passionate research about it and you need to make sure and ask yourself those questions. Am I the person that should be writing about this and, and try to be sensible? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like point any fingers or on any subject in particular, but there are some people out there who start writing about something that maybe they that's out of their territory yeah. and you should try to be aware of that. But, but also if you are in a territory where you, you, you should be writing about it, like be educational about it, like in a way that's not, not like you're prescribing people like, look at this text, you know, like look at all this, you know, stuff, but, but like make it a world that someone can feel on a, on a level that is true. Yeah. And don't go around like saying schizophrenia is multiple personality disorders, but they're different. Like don't, don't do that. Like be educational, like latch onto it and and really let the characters show your reader what it is like yeah. to be in those situations for reals. <laughs> yeah. Be very wary of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, one is the any mental health condition, like the villain or like serial killer who's a serial killer because they have, you know, some sort of mental condition like they're, oh, they have bipolar or they have you know some sort of any sort of situation like that because that's one thing is like in the mental health and mental illness community is like can we stop making it scary and weird yeah and same thing with like any type of even times where you're trying to think it's a good thing you can still be perpetuating stereotypes that are harmful Mm-hmm. Yep. Sometimes conditions like that can be very subtle and embrace the subtlety. Uh, there are some very good books that, you know, follow characters that have conditions, but do your research, do your research. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and make sure you're being kind and no, not kind necessarily, just thoughtful, intelligent. Yeah. And don't be, if you feel like you are writing a thing that you don't know where you're at, just like, seriously, like, should <laughs> stop and and check yourself um and it's something that you know you just got to get better at i got to get better at yeah. it everybody can always get better at it and it can help if you can get a sensitivity read of some sort yeah. i know a lot of sensitivity reads if you don't have a friend or someone who can do it for you for maybe like a, a swap of some sort like a beta swap um it is something that you need to pay for mm-hmm. and if you are seeking traditional publishing it's something you can request as part of the editorial process and then the editor and the publisher will put the bill yeah. for it. Self-publishing, you're kind of on your own for footing the bill, but it's it's worth it if you are writing outside of your own experiences in any way, shape or form. And like you said, there is also an element of like, should I even be telling this story? Mm-hmm. And that that's something you'll have to gauge for yourself, depending on the topic, how much of part of the story it is. Um, But also, I'd like to point out when it comes to things like trauma, please don't, as a reader, force an author to justify that they are allowed to write about that trauma because. Yeah, don't do that. That can re, you know, that can re-trigger people. Just be like, well, are you allowed to write about this type of trauma that this character experienced? Because then the person has to be like, well, yes, because 
X and Y and Z happened. And that's that's not cool. Don't do that to people. That's that's not okay. Like, yeah. don't do that to people. What you can say if you like if you're baiting for somebody who yeah. it seems that maybe maybe they weren't uh, equipped to write a character like that. Just be like, um, just a suggestion. Uh, look at, you know, I have this book about this sort of thing. Like, look at this and, and just reevaluate what you've done here. Like, I think I think we've all been in that spot where yeah. we've accidentally stepped on something that maybe we shouldn't have stepped on. And, and someone has to be like, actually, could you just go back and just look over that sentence again and make mm-hmm. sure it's not doing these things yeah. because you're doing it a little here. And I think even Avery and I have had this between us where, and we both, we are both, we have our own tics. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because sometimes we will do it even though like we will be writing something uh, about a character who has a similar trauma as us. And we will accidentally like forget how it feels to be that kind of person. And we will write that person, that character doing something that maybe somebody like that wouldn't do. And and then we're like, wait, wait why did I do yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? You know, like, mm-hmm. so just read your sentences over and over again. I have this section in the book that I'm currently working on about a character who's traumatized and I have some experience in this and I still have to look over sentence by sentence by sentence and just say, have I done this right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. And also like beta reading is a more personal because you can kind of one-on-one go, hey, just take a look at this and make sure it's right. And I'm not going to like make a judgment call whether it is or not, but this may be a passage you want to like just mm-hmm. make sure. Um, more I was kind of thinking about also like when it happens publicly after a book's been public, um, because that does happen sometimes where people will be like, can this person talk about this sort of assault? And I'm like, don't make them like come out and be like, well, yes, it happened to me. Oh, yeah, no. Because that's just not cool. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's not okay. That's not okay at all. Don't don't corner people. Don't corner people. We're both talking from people who've had experience with writing dark content, dealing with dark content as readers, writing dark content and having beta readers come to us. So we're both just kind of talking about our personal experiences with creating this type of content and consuming it. And uh, everybody's going to have a little bit different experience with it. So I just kind of wanted to put that little caveat in there that these are our experiences. (laughs) Yes. And we don't know everything. We don't know everything. Gosh, we don't know everything. (laughs) No, we certainly do not. So yeah, so I guess that's this episode. Every other Friday, you can join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream and see the upcoming schedule. Check out our website at anditswriting.com. 